podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. And we are still basking in the glory of Liverpool 2, AC Milan 1 at the San Siro in match day 6 of the Champions League. The Reds securing their 6th win from 6 games, 18 points, the perfect record, through to the knockout phases of the Champions League. The first English team ever to win six from six in the group stage. This is not something that happens very often. Now, Ajax have done it this year, and it looks like Bayern Munich will do it as well, assuming they beat Barcelona. But this is quite rare. This does not happen very often. So it is a good achievement for the Reds, and an even bigger achievement when you factor in Virgil van Dijk didn't play half the games in the group. And look at the team Jürgen put out last night. Allison, Nico, Ibu, Nat, Costas, Tyler Morton, Ox, Taki, Mo, Sadio and Divock. To put that team out at the San Siro and come away with a 2-1 win and have the luxury of being able to bring back Joe Gomez from injury, bring back Naby Cade from injury, introduce some more young players, give them a run out at such a historic stadium. What a fantastic night. And some outstanding performance as well that I think need to be highlighted. Allison had a quiet night as captain, but when he was called upon, he made a massive save in a 1v1 versus Frank Kessie. I thought Nico Williams had maybe his best game in a Liverpool jersey. Nat Phillips definitely had his best game in a Liverpool jersey. I thought Ibrahim Kanate was absolutely monstrous. I thought he was phenomenal from start to finish. Just bullied Zlatan Ibrahimovic every time he came up against him. Zlatan went and stood on Nat, got no change, and then just wandered around like a lost soul. Costas had another quality game at left-back. Tyler Morton, I thought, was excellent in midfield. Ox, I think Kanate was man of the match. I think Ox ran him a close second. Taki had a quietly efficient game. It's a newish role for him, playing as a number eight, in particular that left-sided role. It is new for him. I thought he handled himself very well, dealt well with the physicality of Frank Kessie. Mo did some Mo things, a quiet night outside of his goal, but he did play well. Sadio had a solid outing. And Divock, another good performance and another goal. Some lovely little movements and bits of footwork from Divock to leave defenders in his wake. His hold-up play was good. He linked linked well with the other two. All in all, a really, really impressive team performance. And it's funny, you can look at multiple different sites for player ratings and you see vast differences. So this is Anfield gave Kanate 9 out of 10. And I think that's a fair, I think that's very fair. Sky gave him 6 out of 10. Sky gave Nico 6 out of 10. Costa 6 out of 10. Taki 6 out of 10. Mane 6 out of 10. I don't think anyone from Sky was watching this game. I really don't. I'm not sure how you could watch that game and come away thinking Kanate was 6 out of 10. There was Van Dyke-esque qualities to that performance. and. If you haven't been paying attention, welcome to the future of our defence, Ibrahima Kanate. 
I think in short order, he will become the first choice partner for Joel Matip. Might not be till next season, but I think it will happen in the next 12 to 18 months for certain. And then he's going to be a pillar of our team for a decade. And when Virgil moves on in four or five years, Kanate will become that senior, more dominant part of the defensive pairing. This is a kid who at 18, 19 was dominating games in the Bundesliga, who, if it hadn't been for injuries, we would not have been able to sign. If he hadn't had that hip injury, he would have carried that incredible 18-19 form into the 19-20 season. And at the end of that year, there would have been massive offers for him. Well above what Liverpool were able to get him for on his buyout, which only came into effect that summer. He'd likely be the one at Bayern instead of Upamecano. He could be at PSG. He could be at Real Madrid. He could be at Chelsea or United. Someone would have spent a ridiculous amount of money to buy this boy. But the hip injury put everybody off. And I think, to be fair, it did put Liverpool off a bit as well. He's long been the target, the one to partner Virgil and then replace Virgil as the the dominant aerial leader of the team. But we stayed the course. He worked his way back. Nagelsmann was very careful with him in the 2021 season. He had an ankle injury. They were very careful bringing him back because one of the things that hurt him in his recovery from the hip injury was they kept rushing him back. They didn't do that second time around. And we end up getting him for less than 40 million which makes it a bargain. When you see Slabhead at United, 80 million. You see Diaz for 60 plus. You see Ben White for 50. We got this guy for you know high 30s. And he is going to be an absolute star for us for a long, long time to come. But again, academy players, another star of the show, Nico, Nat, Tyler, the boys who came off the bench, It's such a good thing for the club to have this pathway for young players who can see that there is opportunities available to them. You know, they can see what Trent has been able to do. They can see what Curtis has been able to do. And now Nico and Nat and Reese Williams last season. And Tyler Morton, who has played more minutes this season than Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain did last season. And how great is it to have Ox back playing like this. This is the best we've seen him look on a consistent basis since before the knee injury. It's taken him a long time to get back here, but he is back now. And there'd obviously been a lot of discussion in the summer. Is it time to sell him? It probably was. It it looked like he had no future under Klopp. He hadn't performed last season, though he'd only been given very limited opportunities. And you felt like maybe it was time to move him on. Now the conversation's got to be how long of a contract extension does he get? Does he get a year? Does he get two years? A year would be a keep proving it type of deal. And then you look to do another one maybe in 12 months. But you don't let this version of Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain leave the club unless a huge offer comes in. Because right now he's probably... 
he's probably the third best midfielder at the club on current form. Thiago, Fab and Ox. That's probably the best starting midfield Liverpool can put together right now. And when you add in Henderson, you add in Naby, you've got five starter quality midfielders. Then you've got Milner who can do Milner things in short bursts. Curtis will be back at whatever point Curtis is back at. And then Harvey Elliott will return at some point next year. And there are then options. And if Thiago is the left-sided eight, well, maybe Naby's just the one who rotates with him. Maybe Henderson becomes the rotation option for Fabinho. Plays against the bad teams in the Cups. And Ox and Curtis and Harvey take care of the right-sided role. And maybe that is what our midfield looks like. You'd probably prefer one more who's more defensive-minded. A little bit more positionally solid. But look, if we're going to be scoring two goals a game, it doesn't really matter. Because Virgil and, and Ali aren't giving up two goals a game. Not very often. So if we score two goals a game, which is what we do, we will win 95% of games, if not higher. This is a sensational team. And massive credit goes to Klopp for what he was able to do last night with that group of players. You can tell that this Liverpool team are so confident that even when a Tyler Morton steps in, he doesn't look around and think, oh God, I'm filling in for Fabinho. He just thinks, I'm playing in a great team. There's Salah, there's Mane, that's all I need to know. You know, Divock comes in, he's third choice number nine, but he's got goals in back-to-back games now. Good goals as well, not just happens. These are good goals, showing a high degree of technical ability. Taki is finding a bit of a role for himself as a versatile attacking option, can play in the front line, can play as an eight. His natural position doesn't exist in the Liverpool team, but he's making it so that he's going to be a player Jurgen Klopp relies on. Which is going to be important come January when Sadio, Mo, and Naby head off to the AFCON. Nat Phillips probably doesn't have a future at the club, but no one can take away the fact that he went out at the San Siro last night and bullied Zlatan Ibrahimovic, a striker who's made his name bullying centre backs. I thought Nat was very controlled. He had a couple of positional issues that come with Nat Phillips, but Kanate did brilliantly to cover for him, and together they just worked really well. And now Nat has put himself in a position where he's going to be attractive again to other Premier League clubs come January. Maybe Michael Edwards gets on the phone to Newcastle and tries to relieve them of a very big bag of money. Like a big, big bag of money. like. A big old thing full of cash. That can be Nat's parting gift is that we get maybe five to ten million more than he's worth. Can be Michael Edwards' parting gift after taking lots of money off Eddie Howe when he was at Bournemouth. Maybe he can do it again. Nico, if if he believes his future lies away from the club, as some have suggested, he did himself no harm last night either played as the right-back, then went into the front three, 
when when Mo came off. We did have the one comical moment where Joe Gomez was on the pitch. Him and Nico were operating down the right-hand side. Joe got caught ahead of Nico. So Nico, as a natural, well, not a natural fullback, but someone that's played a lot of fullback in recent years, dropped back, dropped back into the right-back position. Joe ends up as the right wicker and looks petrified. Like, what on earth am I doing in this position? Why am I here? Can I please go back where I belong? And he just quickly shuttled his way back to right back. But uh, all in all, you just have to be thrilled with, with Liverpool's performance. I, I feel bad for Milan and Milan fans. Now, they had their decades of success and all that, so it's fine. But the the fall of AC Milan has is, is something that has hurt. It has hurt me. It's, as someone that fell in love with Milan, in the late 80s and early 90s under Saki and Capello with the three Dutch boys, that all-time great defence. Then you had Desai and Albertini in midfield and George Weah came along and Savicevic came along and then they had Baggio who at the time was and is, remains one of my two favourite players of all time. You just couldn't help but love them and the, the kit, the stadium, Capello in the suit, the whole thing. You know, growing up in Ireland, it was easier to watch Italian football than it was to watch a Liverpool game because games just weren't televised. You might see an FA Cup game, but that'd be about it. And oftentimes it wouldn't be Liverpool. And we had Sunes, so we were trash. But Milan would regularly be on Channel 4. You'd have James Richardson with the the Saturday morning programme, which was must-watch. You'd have the game on the Sunday, which was must-watch would often feature Milan. I don't know if it was on in the UK, but here in Ireland on a Friday, on a, on a Monday rather, there was a highlights show showing all the goals, like a match of the day type thing. There was the magazine, which you bought religiously. And it was kind of easier at the time to follow AC Milan on a really close basis from Ireland than it was to follow Liverpool. Because all you could really rely on was the newspapers. There was no internet back then, so, you know, you were limited in what you could get. I've always loved Milan. And uh, it is, it's tough to, tough to see them where they are. But, but at the hands of Liverpool, it's all good. It's all good when Liverpool beat them. Two wins from the group against Milan. A historic win at the San Siro. We'll take that and we'll move on to the knockout stages. We'll also jump around then the main Liverpool sites quickly. Obviously, this is Anfield, heavily dedicated today to the um, to the match last night. Lots of focus on Nat, the Bolton Beresi, and the drag-back turn that sent multiple members of the Milan team for a donut or whatever it was he was sending them for. Uh, when he did that, you knew that was it. That was game over. It's a wrap here. We're winning this game. It's all comfortable. Um, but yeah, lots of coverage there on This Is Anfield about last night's game. So if you haven't watched it yet, go and check out the stuff on This Is Anfield. There's five, six, seven articles, I think. Seven articles there that are, are worth your while giving a quick read through. And they also um, collate the match ratings from This Is Anfield 
The Echo, Sky Sports, BBC Sport, uh, Footmob. This is Anfield readers, and they work out an average. So the average across those, Allison 7.2, Nico 7.3, Kanate 7.9, Naf 7.4, Costas 7.3, Tyler 7.3, Ox 8, Tacky 6.5. Tacky was done dirty here by the This Is Anfield readers who should all be ashamed of themselves uh, with a 4.7. Uh, Mo an 8, that's a little bit high. Uh, helped by BBC giving him a 9, which just isn't respective of what he played like. Sadio gets an 8 and uh, Divock gets an 8. Helped by This Is Anfield giving him a 9. The rest of it was largely 7s across the board. 7s and 8s across the board, so better 7.5 outside of this Sandfield. But yeah, check all those things out. Liverpool.com also with some coverage of last night's game. And they've got some transfer stuff stuff up. Um, Hugo Ekateki is one of the most prolific young strikers in Europe. And he is somebody that Liverpool should be looking at, according to Ben Boxack. Um, yeah, he plays for Reims. He has seven goals in 17 games this season. Uh, I think he's Cameroonian by birth. No, he's not. He's French by birth. He's French under 20 international, 19 years of age. Oh, his parents are Cameroonian. I knew there was something because I've seen him linked with the Cameroonian national team. But yeah, he's having a, a cracking season and maybe one worth having a look at. Uh, Liverpool looking into audacious Manchester City raid and FSG face one problem. So this is about Gavin Basunu, young Irish keeper on City's books. When he was at Shamrock Rovers, broke into their team at 16 or 15 maybe. And I remember he saved a penalty in one of his first games. Looked really impressive. Liverpool were interested in him at the time. He's rumoured to be not the happiest with the situation at City. He's currently out on loan at Portsmouth, having a good season under Danny Cowley. Um, but rumours are he might look to move on somewhere at where he is first choice and can be you know, stable in his career, not being loaned here, there and everywhere, which will probably be City's plan. Uh, their media digest wrap-up suggests Liverpool have taken the lead in Jude Bellingham transfer race as Jordan Henderson has sent a message to a former Red. So the message is to Maxi Rodriguez, who retired this weekend after a 22-year career that involved two spells at Newell's Old Newell's Old Boys. Newell's Old Boys. Just if I could speak today, it'd be great, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, two spells at Newell's Old Old Boys. A spell at Liverpool, obviously. Uh, a spell at Penarol. We obviously got him from Atletico Madrid. Um, Maxi was a tremendous player. He also played for Espanyol. 56 caps for Argentina. 15 goals, including the best goal in a World Cup, which is something you can always keep. Um, yeah, I mean, a tremendous career. It's crazy to think that Maxi left nine years ago. And my assumption is he either left because he wanted to go home to Argentina and retire, or we felt that he was finished. It's a strange one. Very, very strange. He's got himself a nice collection of medals as well. Won a League Cup with us. Won the Premier Division with um, 
with Newell's Old Boys, won two Uruguayan titles with Penarol. Yeah, all in all, a great career. Congrats on it, Maxi, and enjoy retirement. Uh, Kanate got Zlatan's shirt. I think Zlatan got Kanate's shirt is really what happened there. Uh, Divock Origi is wanted by West Ham, according to ex-WHU employee. Now, that guy is meant to be very, very reliable. And it makes sense that they would want Origi. They've been linked to him in the past. He would fit as a backup replacement for Mikel Antonio. So it's hard to see us sanctioning a move unless we've got something lined up. Maybe it's one for next summer, but it does make sense. And yeah, Liverpool apparently in the lead for Jude Bellingham, which I think everybody should be in favour of. I really do. I think Jude Bellingham is just... I think he's the best English midfield prospect since Gascoigne. And he might be more well-rounded than Gaza was. And he seems to have a much more focused approach to his game. Like, Gerard wasn't as good as Bellingham at the same age. Maybe Jack Wilshere was, but he fizzled out very, very quickly. I don't see that happening with Jude Bellingham. But he's a really special player. And if Liverpool can land him, it does solidify our midfield for a long, long time to go. Liverpool could revisit impossible summer transfer plan as Sadio Mane contract update given. Um, Dybala, allegedly, is the impossible one, I think, is it? Oh, no, Rafinha. Rafinha is the is the allegedly impossible one. Uh, it's according to Fabrizio Romano, so we won't pay it much heed. Chap is a spoofer. Uh, Mane is in line for contract talks, allegedly. It's according to Fabrizio Romano, again, so... We haven't heard it from anybody reliable. We're not going to take the word of him. It remains to be seen what happens with Sadio. But you should never put anything into uh, what that fella has to say. Pete O'Rourke, formerly of Sky Sports, says he thinks Liverpool will have high interest in Calvin Phillips of Leeds. If we can't get Bellingham, I could see Phillips being someone Liverpool would want. They definitely won't buy move from in January. And there's not a chance Leeds would sell him in January. But he might be someone they look at next summer, perhaps. Um, on to AnfieldIndex.com. Stephen Smith has a piece up entitled Kanate versus Zlatan, which basically just details an evening of Ibrahima Kanate showing Zlatan what it is to be a real man. Um, while Zlatan posed and, you know, pouted and pontificated. Uh, Stephen also has his player ratings up uh, to run. Oh, no, sorry. The player ratings were done by David Comerford this week. Apologies to David. So he has gone with Allison on a seven, Nico on an eight, Nat on a nine. It's a little bit high. Kanate on a nine, Costas on a seven, Tyler Morton, eight, Ox, eight, Tacky, six. That's a bit low. Uh, yes, he was at fault for the Milan goal, but, you know, such is life. Salah an eight, Divock an eight, and Sadio an eight, sorry, seven. Joe Gomez and Abby Keita get sixes. And that's the end of the player ratings. Fabinho gets a, a not applicable because he didn't play long enough. 
neither of the two young boys. But uh, that is that. And podcast-wise today, obviously there's post-match Raw from last night uh, entitled Dan's Lad and Tyler the Creator. So do give that a listen today. AI scouted myself, Carl, and Sam Thai from Ranks FC discussing Aston Villa, Stephen Gerrard, Marvellous Nakamba, the riddle that is Tyron Mings, and a few other bits and bobs. So give that one a listen. Should be out by the time you're hearing this. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.